Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. preaching on the goodness of God, you can check that out on podcast, and I've been given some theology, some teaching about the profoundness of the goodness of God, because if we were to understand that, we would want to give God away so much more and give Jesus away so much more, amen? I think we limit ourselves in giving Jesus away to mom and dad and our friends and family and our enemies because we're not quite entirely sure that God is that great and that he does want to bless us. But if you did, you certainly would risk um, your reputation, embarrassment, to cross the line and say, Jesus, Lord, he loves you, he wants to bless you. I know he would. So what what we've been doing for about six weeks is is trying to prove the worthiness of that great saying that we used to say in revival meetings all those years ago, God is great. Got any enemies? Got any people that don't like you? Apparently... We have, the C3 Tugra have people that don't like us, and that's what you get when you, you know, go public for Jesus. Uh, And guess what, young people, just, you need to get that sorted, that you're going to get persecuted, you're going to get, you know, spoken about, you're going to get criticized and that. That's par for course. That's what happens on planet Earth uh, in a hostile uh, world, that you will be Uh, criticized, judged, and weighed, measured, and found wanting by their standards. But you know what? God God loves you. And when you realize that, when you're accepted and forgiven and you realize that, you don't care if you stand in the middle of a whole stadium and people are are cursing you and mocking you. You just go, man, I don't know what these people are on about, but God is good. Amen? God is good. And you know, we cop some cheap shots. We cop that. And some people might say something on Facebook and people get grieved for Julie and I. Oh, man, they're talking about our pastors. I'm really grieved. No, this is par for course. It's like the soccer match yesterday. You know, there's, there is a bit of aggression. There is stuff that happens out on that field. And uh, it's, part, it's, part, it's just crossing the line that we get, uh, you know, we say, hey, that's crossing the line, you know. Um, and so... I want to give some scriptures that will help you understand how good God is to the unsaved, uh, even to our enemy, even to the people that cuss us out and mock us and stuff. How good is our God? And and then we've got to have a resolve at the end of that by saying, well, if God is that good to them, I should be as good to them by forgiving them and loving them and continually. And I've seen you guys do that with certain people that are associating with you as your friends that, that don't like God, that don't like the church. But I've seen you love on them, man. It's ridiculous. I mean, again, it can cross the line if they, uh, you know, if they get nasty about it. That is crossing the line. But if they disapprove, that's okay. If they don't believe, that's okay. But um, we love the people. We, we can handle that. We're big enough. God is big enough to handle that criticism. And we should be big enough to get over that too. So tonight I just want to uh, do some scriptures. And last week I thought it was a great scripture. And we could quote it again. 
And uh, so let's pray. Father, we just pray for the Word of God just to bless us and anoint us and reveal to us the goodness of God. And we pray this, believe this, and thank you for the Holy Spirit that I can feel in this auditorium. And I prophesy, C3 Tugger, this place will be filled. It'll be filled to the back. I already can feel the momentum and the current. The momentum is in the house. We're going to finish the car park. We're going to put a mezzanine level at the back there. We're, we've already got the engineer's plans coming. Uh, we're putting offices and, and kids, more kids area up there. We're, we're a work in progress, but at least we're not in a rental building, amen? We've claimed the land. We've possessed the land. We're building it. It's, it's out. And thank God for you people that have allowed that to happen. But um, I'm excited for C3 Tugger, and I'm excited for you who believe in our vision. But what if we did not believe in the goodness of God? So let's, let's start this. And of course, last week we talked about the foundation of faith. But Psalm 27, verse 13, the Amplified Version says, What, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. What would have had become of C3 Tugra, Julie or Phil, or any of us, if we truly had not believed in the goodness of God? I'd hate to think. And, and what sort of goodness is it? That's what we're trying to work out. What sort of goodness does this mean to us? And I want to try and tease that out. They say, if we can uh, embrace how good God is, that, and if we can assimilate how God good, how God is so good, or the goodness of God, that we would come in here cartwheeling, yeah. praising God, yeah. flailing our limbs, saying, my God, this God, our God, is awesome. Yeah. It really does get you excited when you believe that we are saved, we're bound for heaven, but in the meantime, God is profoundly blessing us, and the saints say... A couple of scriptures, Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. I love that. Psalm 31 verse 19, How great is your goodness. How great is your goodness? Please, tell me, Pastor Phil. Which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. I prophesy in the last days, friends and family and people that don't even want to know about God right now, they're going to be taken refuge in God. Apparently, the tornado helped me, Moore City, what's the name of that whole region? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So many people got a wake-up call to God. I'll tease that out a little bit more. Hosea 3.5 says, Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord, trembling to the Lord and to his blessings. That means goodness in these last days. I believe God is benevolent and he is going to bless our friends, our family, our enemies. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So we need to deal with how good God is. It's a bountiful God. It's a generous God. As Andrew keeps saying, Pastor Andrew keeps saying, God is a bottomless ocean. He's not just a water trough. Oh, okay, take a drink. Yeah, you look pretty thirsty. Yeah, better get it quick, it's going to run out. No, he's a bottomless ocean. It's wide, it's deep, it's profound. It's, he's just blessing you with you more and more and more. He wants to bless you so much. I, I think your mind cannot grasp how wide, how long, how deep the profoundness of God is. His love is profound. It needs to be transmitted. He just doesn't keep it to himself. 
He's transmitting it, but he's transmitting it to everyone. Everyone. Not just to Christians in churches. It's being transmitted to everyone that you know right now. Let's check out some of the attributes of God. Four uh, attributes, and there's benevolence, second grace, long-suffering, and mercy. And we've talked about these before, but this is powerful. Let's check this out in Scripture. Love is benevolence. What's that? Benevolent, being benevolent. That's having welfare. God has our good... Um, he, out of the goodness of his heart, he has our welfare at hand. He doesn't want us to trip and fall and crack our head open. He wants to bless you with a great life, a destiny, a career, a family, a wife, a husband. He truly does. He's like that. He, he really is like that. And it says it like this. And, and again, I want to make a case of it by saying, well, how good? He's good to me as, as, as a born again believer, but how good is he really to everyone? Let's check this out. Matthew uh, 5 44. And I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. Even the guys in jail, even the guys that cause you know, do perverted crimes, and God loves them. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Luke 6, 27 says it like this. This is going to help us witness and reach out to people rather than saying, who are you? You're bound for hell, whatever. No, God loves them. And once you realize that, you then can love them into the kingdom. Luke 6, 27 says, but I tell you, who hear me, love your enemies, do good, to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Luke 6, 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And even if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. 35, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful, to the ungrateful and the wicked. You, you know, this is amazing stuff. Well, hang on, I thought I was in the Bless Me Club, and now I'm in all the blessings are coming to me. Not really. Acts 14, 15. Man, why are you doing this? This is a, uh, Paul, and a Paul, uh, Paul and Barnabas, and a, a scene is broken out, and all these people are coming to worship uh, Paul and Barnabas. And he said, hang on, men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. Some miracles have broke out. I said, it's these guys, we should worship them. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from those worthless things to the living God. That's what we're doing. We're asking people out there, turn from those worthless things that will not satisfy your life. Turn from them to the God, to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. Acts 14, 16. In the past... He let all the nations go their way. And I love this, Acts 14, 17. You tracking with me? 
yet he has not left himself without testimony. So he lets them go their own way. But then it says in 17, yet he has not left himself without testimony, meaning he's got proof that he has shared love with them and blessed them with welfare and benevolence. And it says here, he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in the season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. I love that. I, I just love that. I did start this series a couple of weeks ago. It was quite random. And I said, I was looking into a sardine can. And I went, God, you're good. <laughs> now, this is strange, I know. I hadn't had sardines for quite a while, and I love sardines. When I ripped, and I must have been hungry because this ordinarily wouldn't happen, but I ripped open the sardines, and I looked into those little three sardines in that olive oil, and I said, God, you're good. (laughs) And I, you know what I mean? You know when you look at a fruit, come on, you guys do it too. What food item do you look at and you go, this is steak, God, you're good. That's a good time to witness to your unsaved friend. Take a steak around. You're supposed to, you know, show them a steak before you take the bone out of their mouth, you know. So sometimes food items do that for me. Boys, men, help me. I don't know about the ladies. They're petite and they're eating like little canaries and little birds. You know, they don't look at a pizza and go, yum. Oh, you know. But guys do. Mangoes. My car was overheating once at Bowen a long time ago. I happened to pull in. I didn't know it at the time, but I saw these trees in a row. I pulled my Dodge 1966 in, it was overheating, and I had a mate with me, another construction site worker, and, uh, and I said, look, I'll fix this, but do you know what? They're all mango trees. Quick, get as many mango trees as you can. Mango, uh, <laughs> get as many mangoes as you can. Fill the car up. I'm going to fix this radar. Found some water, fill the radar. We must have about 200 uh, mangoes. After. <laughs> we truly did. They're just laying on the ground. Hey, guys. Uh, they're just laying on the ground. We just scooped them up. Put, and man, the reeking of those mangoes all the way home in this big Dodge, big Dodge Phoenix car. We just go, oh, this is awesome, man. God is so good. And um, we gave them away to everyone we could come across. It was awesome. And the second thing, God's grace. Uh, God's grace, second thing. What is God's goodness about? It's about his grace, meaning the depth of God's love towards us, towards man, but also towards the sinner, towards the sinner and the lawbreaker. 1 Timothy 1.13, thank you guys. Even though I was once, a, this is Paul now, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor, now this Paul, he used to kill Christians, arrest them, take them off, and they were flogged, killed, and it was terrible. Paul, this is the guy that wrote most of the New Testament. And he says in Scripture, even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Uh, I'll say that again. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. Love that. The grace was poured out upon me abundantly. Uh, You must be looking at me right now and saying, you you can't believe, you, you don't know my friend. They couldn't possibly have the grace poured out upon them abundantly. They, they mock me, they hate me, they hate our God. Trust me, God is pouring out his grace on them uh, to get saved, <laughs> that is, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 15, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst, the Apostle Paul says. He's the worst, but God's pouring out his grace to get him saved. Three, 
This is another attribute of God, and the attribute of God is all about love, and that love is about the goodness of God. Three, love is long-suffering. That means God's patient breadth of His love. He's just so patient with us. Romans 2.4, I know I'm giving you some scriptures, but you, it'll, it'll just make the argument more sound if otherwise. Or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance. God's kindness leads you to repentance. And I am thinking about Oklahoma, and I am thinking about the devastation. I mean, we're living in a hostile world, guys. People say, why do these things happen? Hello, stuff's going to happen. Weather patterns. Stuff, stuff is going to happen. But God can get us through it if you believe in Him and trust in Him. And so you saw what happened. The whole city was wiped out. And don't quote me, but uh, I think only about 20 people died. Is, it, is that right? 20? Uh, 24, was it? And, uh, and I think to myself, God. And a lot of people are saying, if you didn't believe in God, this is what they said over there, if you didn't believe in God before, you do believe in Him now because of all the lives that were spared through that tornado. Kids there was a school teacher that seemingly was tracking the tornado. No one else, everyone was oblivious to it. He was wired to this phenomena and he saw it coming before there was any signs of it. He got all the kids, rushed them into the bathroom. All the kids huddled up into the bathroom and their life was preserved. I mean, incident after incident, lives preserved. God, his welfare towards us as people is good. Do you know what I mean? He's a God that is patient. He's a God that does care. So uh, 1 Peter 3.20 says, who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. There's only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water. Uh, 2 Peter 3.15, bear in mind that, that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also write you with the wisdom that God gave him. 2 Peter 3.9 the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, the story of Noah is basically 1,600 years after creation that um, the world's just gone ballistic on wickedness and murder, and the world's just gone, and God is displeased. He's saying, why did I even create these people? They're just turning on themselves, killing each other. And then somehow Noah finds favor with God. And God says to Noah, I want you to build an ark because I'm going to save all the animals. And, but in the meantime, Noah has three sons. I think he's 500 years of age. Don't wait till 500 years of age to have any children, by the way. And uh, he has three sons that join him. So over the period between, his, between him being 500 and 700, he has three sons and then he... Then he builds this ark, and God gives him the blueprints of the ark and says, build this because there's a storm coming, and there's been no rain until this time. What do you mean, storm? What do you mean, rain? Trust me, I'm going to send a rain, and whoever doesn't repent, they're going to get wiped out. So for 120 years, Noah is preaching. He's getting rotten tomatoes thrown at him. You're a crazy guy. What are you... Who liked the Steve 
uh, Cavell version of that, you know. He's gone from this office worker, this bearded madman building this ark. Apparently, uh, Russell Crowe is, is finished making the latest version, which is much more serious. But, and um, so, <laughs> Steve Carell, he's funny, isn't he? So, Noah is preaching like we are preaching. And he's saying to the people, to that planet at that time, you got to repent. You got to repent because, uh, you know, God's not, not, he's not happy. Basically, that's what we're doing. We're preaching. We're saying, get on the right side of God. There was one door for salvation. That was the door of the ark. Amen? The Bible says, I think it's in John 10, verse 9, that Jesus is the door now. That Jesus is the door into salvation. Although the church is like an ark, we built this to withstand all sorts of weather conditions. But the gospel is what gets you into the safe zone of God, gets you into salvation. I love that. And I love this scripture. It will be as it was in the days of Noah. People buying and selling, marrying, basically giving themselves over to worldliness, materialism, sensuousness. Yeah. I don't want to tease out these matters, but you can see how the world's going in terms of video clips and stuff like that, and uh, even movies and stuff like that. And it says, in the coming of Jesus in the last days, it will be very much like what it was in the days of Noah. People will be just going along their business. What are you talking about? Why do I need God? I'm doing well, man. I've got a nice house. I've got a business. I play sport. I'm looking good. I'm loving life. It's all good. No, friend, trust me. Things are heating up. Jesus is coming to settle accounts. Amen? That's why we got to preach. That's why we just don't get comfortable in our Christianity and go, well, I'm comfortable. I'm nice. I'm comfortably numb in God. Pink Floyd's song, I think. <laughs> comfortably numb. Um, no, we're on a mission. This is a crisis that we're dealing with. The planet is ignoring God, is even arguing with God through professional atheism debates and no, we gotta, we got to be bold. we got to get as many people into the goodness of God as we can. Who says amen to that? So the fourth thing is love as mercy. God's, what's that? God's relieving love to man in distress and agony. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says it like this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father. He's merciful and the source of all comfort. 1.4 says he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. There's ministry right there. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Psalm 86 verse 14. The arrogant are attacking me. Who's been attacked for being a Christian? Put up your hand if you've been attacked. Verbally. Young people, I've got to let you in on some... You know, it's going to happen. You're going to have people talk about you, criticize you, whisper, oh, they're a Christian, they go to church, you know. They think they're better than us. Look at them, you know, who do they think they are? You know, that's going to happen. You've got you to just get your composure in God and just say, well, God still loves them. See, when, when you get the blame game happening, you think you're hardly done by, is when you think, this is undeserved. And who do they think they are? 
But actually, God loves them. And in fact, God's just letting that happen to get you more resilient, more enduring, to love anyone. Amen? 1 Timothy 1.13, did I quote that? No, I'm down to uh, Psalm 86 verse 14. The arrogant are attacking me, O God. A band of ruthless men seeks my life, men without regard to you. Whoa. Psalm 86 verse 15, but you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Psalm 145 verse 8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. Say all. All. He has compassion on all he has made. This is a love we can't comprehend, I'm sure. But because of God's goodness, we are healed, we're saved, we're delivered, we're blessed. And guess what? Even our enemies, even our people, even people that are, are blaspheming God and arrogantly despising God, God is even blessing them with salvation. Amen? Uh, David, he's totally enamored with the love of God. We spoke that last week. Psalm 145 is probably the greatest psalm about the goodness of God. And apparently David would sing that psalm and uh, it was was amazing. Uh, The warning to mankind is Romans 11.22. Consider therefore the kindness and the sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you. Provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. That's not good. A couple of ways that uh, God's goodness is seen and, and experienced. Number one is salvation. You know the scripture, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And get this, verse 17, which we should quote in the same uh, sentence, but God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So constantly, we've got to be, we've got to be unoffendable, and we've got to be consistently loving, and cop the cheap shots, cop the criticism, cop the disapproval, and say, friend, I can take it, man. I can, and when you're anointed in the presence of God, it's just like raindrops that just fall off, just fall off. It just and you just come up roses. His mercy's in you every morning. That's the key thing. If you are affected, if you're affected and you get a victim mentality, you find yourself backing away from God, backing away from all that God is about, and that is the goodness of God. Amen? I love this. Uh, Romans 2, 4 says, or do, you show, or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness? tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness, that God's kindness leads you towards repentance. Even Jesus, the the woman at the well in John 4.10, and Jesus answered John 4.10, says, if you knew the gift of God and who is, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus even wants, he wants to give living water to the woman that's had five husbands. She's a She's a P word. She's a wayward woman. But still, Jesus wants to love on everyone. He wants to save everyone. Two, how does God show his kindness? Through creation. Who's looked at a sunset? Some of you young people, I noticed you're into sunrises. Amen. Is that right? You go down there, crack neck lookout or 
you go somewhere and you take a photo and you're with your, your friend, you go, oh my God, this is awesome. Some of you surfy guys are riding a wave and you go, oh my God, God is good. Amen, you're in a barrel. Some of you are looking at some of your favorite pets. Some people end up looking like their pets. Did you know that if you love them too much? You end up, you end up, you end up, you end up, apparently, you end up taking on the image of that which you worship. Be careful you don't worship your pet. You could end up look a poodle or a chihuahua. That's not good. You should be made in the image, you should be made more into the image of Christ. Amen? God's goodness can be seen through all creation. You know where it says that. Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. I'm telling you, if you would have saw that tornado come and you'd go, oh, God, you just got saved in an instant. Three, through eternity, and there's a scripture there about Paul experiencing heaven. It's powerful, it's wonderful. And, uh, and we talk about Ecclesiastes 3.11 where God has put eternity in the hearts of men. I think people do know that they are wired for eternity. Whether they choose to ignore it whether they choose to mock it, whether they choose to disapprove of it, God proves himself through eternity. Isn't that fantastic? Bottom line, guys, we gotta love, we gotta love all comers. We gotta love everyone that 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 takes cheap shots at us, mocks us, and ridicules us. We gotta be like God because we've received his goodness, and then we gotta bless them and say, friend, I man, I used to get, man, in the juvenile justice system. I worked in juvenile justice for six years, and uh, the kids would come in with a chip on their shoulder. Who do you think you are? You're just like the police. You're just like my mum and dad. You're just like the people that brought us in here on the, in, in a wagon. No, friend, we're here to help you and make you stay quite comfortable. And you know what breaks through? Love breaks through. Right. Just looking them in the eye and saying, friend, I'm here to help you. You do the right thing, you're going to have a great time here. You're going to learn every ball sport known to man, and uh, you're going to have to go to bed a bit earlier, but uh, and clean the ablution block. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. And uh, but God is good, you know what I mean. And when you understand that God loves them, and and dignify, and when you can dignify someone in how much they do, how God loves them. Do you know when you disapprove of someone, you're saying God disapproves of you. So whatever you cop, whack, 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 whack. Ah, oh, they just strip me, naked, whip me, beat me. Right. You're just showing them what God would do. Yeah. No, you need to cop, cop it sweet, whatever they serve you, and just go, that didn't feel good. That wasn't great. But you know what, brother? God loves you. Yeah. Man, I'm believing for you. You can do better than that. That's called witnessing. Let's all stand. God bless you. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand. Please love your friends and neighbors and enemies. Let's worship the Lord just for a little moment, a couple of moments. Let's ponder that. Let's receive that into our hearts. Father, we receive the word of God that you are good. Your benevolence towards us and to thank you that you preserved all those lives in Oklahoma. Thank you that you preserve lives on the... On the on the roads of the Central Coast. Thank you that you preserved my life. You are good. Just close your eyes just for a moment. God is so good, it's ridiculous. He sent his son Jesus to 
die on a cross to pay for your sin that separated you from God the Father. And I just believe in the house tonight there there may be one or two people that would say, Jesus, I'm ready to give you my life, to put my life into your hands. You know, God just loves you ridiculously. He just wants the best life for you. He doesn't want to put you in a box. He doesn't want to make you boring. He wants you to give you the most exciting life. Talk about bungee jumping. Talk about going to the moon. Man, talk about going to the depths, uh, you know, in the submarine. I don't know whatever your thing is. But God's into that. But He wants you to go exploring spiritually, not just physically. So you can go to the Himalayas, you can go to Mexico. You can serve the best waves of Peru. But I'm telling you this, it'll never satisfy you until you feel that vacancy in your heart that says, Jesus is Lord. Amen? The best waves, the best sardines, the best pizza, whatever it is, it will not fill the void of our God who reigns because His goodness is supreme. And His goodness, oh God, it's awesome. It's ridiculous. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.